this good. Amen. My master is my Lord. And I I have no problem with calling him my master. Amen. And uh, matter of fact, I have no problem making mention of the fact that I belong to him. And Bought with a price, the Bible says. And the price was the precious blood of the Lord, Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful, thankful for that. Well, maybe someone, uh, can you bring me my Bible, please? Maybe someone's got to like to tell when you got saved. I hear you want to, just give me a date when you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. February 2nd, 2020, Bethany got saved this year, and uh, got to baptize her a couple weeks ago, and uh, that is a thrill, that's a joy, I don't know, Pastor, if you've been able to baptize any of your children, that's, uh, that's a real thrill, isn't it, and uh, says, I have no greater joy than hear that my children walk in truth, and that's what we want for our children, isn't it? Our grandchildren, we want them to walk in truth. Uh, the way of truth is the best way to live. And, um, of course, if you're not walking in truth, you're walking in a lie. And sadly, many are in these days. We say, well, how do you know if you're walking in the truth? Well, do you have Jesus Christ? Because Jesus said, I am the truth. And uh, that, that's an exclusive statement. That means... There's no truth outside of Jesus. Every truth that you know is because he is the truth. Uh, he is the absolute. And uh, he said, I am the truth. I'm the way. That means he's the only way. I'm the truth. He's the only truth. I am the life. That means he's the only life. He said, well, I'm living without him. No, you're not. The air that you breathe, he's given to you. The body that you live in, he, he created. He fashioned and formed you in the womb. And uh, not only this life, but more importantly, eternal life. You've got to have Jesus. And uh, it's not enough for him just to be your creator. He needs to be your savior. And uh, so I'm thankful for salvation. Maybe someone else want to just give me the day, if you know the day. If you don't know the day, just give me an idea. Amen. Amen. Someone else, did I see a hand over here? Amen. Amen. That's, that's pre-me. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah, we were reminded this morning that the preacher is not as old as I am. So, by the preacher, of course. So, amen. Maybe someone over here, tell me when you got saved, in the back. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Someone else? One more. One more. Yes, ma'am. Praise God. Maybe you're here tonight and you know you're saved, you just don't know the date. That's okay. That's all right. You don't have to know the date, but you do need to know that you're saved. You do need to remember the time, when it was, the place, what was going on in your heart. 
Salvation doesn't happen by accident. Salvation happens on purpose. And, um, and so I want you to turn your Bibles tonight. We're going to go to John chapter 3. We may finish the message from this morning later in the week. But uh, Pastor Rob pretty much stole my thunder on that. Uh, anyways, so I came to him afterwards. I said, you know, you preached my message that I was going to preach tonight in your comments that you gave after I preached this morning. And, uh, but if it was only, it only took him about two minutes to say it. So if I only had two minutes worth of preaching from that, that's a pretty sad message. But uh, I believe the Lord is directing us elsewhere tonight. So I want you to turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, we're going to talk about the new birth, the new birth tonight. And uh, very important, very important uh, passage of Scripture. And of course, we know all Scripture is important, but uh, you must be born again. This is what we read here, John chapter 3. And if you're able, stand with me. I realize we're outside, the air conditioning is not on out here. And thankfully, the bugs aren't out yet, and so I'm going to try to be as brief as possible, but we're here to hear the Word of God, and so we don't want to rush the Lord, we don't want to rush His Spirit, but uh, doing the best I can, we'll see uh, uh, if we can get this message across in a good amount of time, uh, but let's pray, and then we'll read the Scripture together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Word, thank you for the opportunity we have to be here, thank you for every soul that's uh, entered under this tent tonight. For all the ones who are watching by live stream, Lord, uh, those that may be in the building uh, listening and watching, uh, Lord, uh, we all need to hear from you tonight. And Father, everyone needs to be born again. And uh, Lord, I pray that as the word goes forth tonight, that your spirit will do the work in the hearts of individuals that, that we cannot do. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would show uh, each individual their need. And Lord, if there's one or more here tonight who have never trusted Christ as their own personal Savior, they've never experienced the new birth, Lord, give them understanding to what it is, what it means, and their great need for it. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Well, we haven't read the scripture yet, have we? Sorry. It's like a Catholic church. Up and down, up and down. Okay, verse 1. Ready? We're going to read down through verse number 8. The Bible says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, 
ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. In this story, we find the Lord Jesus in a meeting. And uh, there's a man who has come to him by the name of Nicodemus. The Bible tells us that Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. It also tells us that he was a Pharisee. And uh, we've come to know that word Pharisee in a little bit different way than what it was uh, originally. Now we've come to know the word Pharisee for a hypocrite. And it's because, uh, it's because so many of the Pharisees were hypocrites. They would preach one thing and live another. And uh, my, we've, we've had a scourge of that in our nation. Uh, false teachers, false preachers who will preach one thing and live the opposite. And, uh, and so we, we've come to know Pharisees as hypocrites, but really a Pharisee was a part of a religious sect of the Jews, a very, really a very strict, but also a very biblical religious uh, sect. And uh, there were several different uh, belief systems within the Jewish uh, nation, within the Jewish uh, worship, uh, uh, within their culture. There were Sadducees. And uh, people say, what was a Sadducee? Well, a Sadducee did not believe in the supernatural. And isn't that amazing? How could someone, what kind of religious system doesn't believe in supernatural things? They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in the res resurrection. And uh, that's why they're so sad, you see. Um, they didn't believe in all that stuff. And so there's the Sadducees, there's the Pharisees, and there's a couple others. Those are the two main ones. The Pharisees were ones who tried their very best to live according to the law of Moses. Now, the law of Moses was given by God to Moses for the nation of Israel. They were very strict. They tried to live according to it. And so Nicodemus was one of them. He was a Pharisee. Uh, I believe Nicodemus was very sincere in his beliefs. And I believe we see that in the, in the fact that he is coming to Jesus uh, to speak to him. The Bible tells us that, uh, that he came to him by night. He came to him by night. And you say, well, why would he come to him by night? And why does the Bible make mention of this specific thing? Well, the Pharisees had taken a public stand against the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was not because Jesus was against the law of Moses. No, not at all. He didn't come to destroy the law. He, come, he came to fulfill the law. That's what he said. And he did that. Amen? And had he not done that, we couldn't be saved. Praise God, he came, he fulfilled the law. Every jot, every tittle, that is every little point of the law, Jesus fulfilled. And so he was not against the law. The Pharisees were not against Jesus because he stood against the law. The Pharisees were against Jesus because they saw him as a threat to their position. And uh, they didn't want to lose their position. They were lording it over the people. And, uh, you know, religious leaders and pastors and priests, they ought not to lord over God's heritage. Amen? 
This church doesn't belong to Pastor Rob. It doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to the deacons. It belongs to Jesus. It's his church, amen? And uh, these Pharisees, they had ruled over the people and they were afraid of losing their place. But here's one that is sincere. Here's one that comes to Jesus and so he comes to Jesus by night I, I believe so that he won't be found out, he won't be seen going to Jesus. But he's so concerned about something, he so wants to talk to the Lord that he goes to Jesus by night and he says unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Nicodemus saw something in Jesus that was different than all the other teachers that he had seen before. And he said, I know you're not just a man-called, man-made preacher. You come from God. You're a God-called preacher. Because we're seeing your works, and your works are different than everyone else's. There's something supernatural and powerful about you, Jesus. That's what he's saying to him. And he says, uh, we know you come from God. And he does not frame uh, his statement to the Lord in a question, but there's a question implied. And the Lord goes right to the, to the point of the matter when he speaks to him in verse number 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, that is truth, truly. This is true, this is verity, this is true. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now Nicodemus comes to Jesus and he's, he's, he's making the statement of who Jesus is, Jesus turns that right around and he makes a statement regarding who Nicodemus is and his situation, his position. Nicodemus says, we know you've come from God. You couldn't do these things if you didn't come from God. Jesus cuts through all the fat, amen? He gets right to the issue. He gets right to the, the, uh, the, the thing that Nicodemus really needs to hear and he says, you need to be born again. You've got religion, but religion isn't enough. You've got a position within the community, but that's not enough. You have the respect of those around you, but that's not enough. You need a new birth. You need to be born again. Now, this is something Nicodemus had never heard before. You can tell by his reaction. He makes a statement. He says, well, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Here's something that you're going to see throughout the book of John, and I hope that you read your Bible. Amen? I hope you read your Bible. Um, and I would encourage you, maybe you've never read the Bible before. If you've never read the Bible before, start in the book of John. This is what you'll see throughout the book of John over and over again. Jesus giving a spiritual truth and them hearing a physical truth because they're not spiritually in tune. Now you say, well, why did Nicodemus miss this? Well, Nicodemus missed this because Nicodemus only lived on the human, natural level. Say, so what do you mean? I mean his spirit was not alive. His spirit was dead. Say, what do you mean, preacher? Well, I want you to see this. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. 
his spirit was dead. In Ephesians chapter 2, this is what the Bible says in verse number 1. And you hath he quickened. What does that mean? That word quickened means to be made alive. And it carries with it this idea, to be made alive so as to never die again. You know, there were people in the Bible who were raised back to life. Guess what? They had to die again. Physically. Because these bodies have an expiration date. And as the pastor mentioned in the opening, praise God they do. Who would want to live forever in these things? Amen. We have an expiration date. So the body's going to have to die again. But the spirit, when the spirit is made alive, it's quickened by God. It's made alive so it'll never die again. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. They say, what do you mean they were dead? Well, the Bible tells us very clearly, verse 2, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So he's not saying that they were physically dead. He's saying they were spiritually dead. They were dead and yet they were walking. Right? Yeah, we would call them zombies. The walking dead, long before the show came along, the Bible spoke about them. Alive physically, but dead spiritually. In tune with the things of this world, because that's all we understand. But until, listen, when, when you get born again, when you have a spiritual birth, all of a sudden, the spiritual things you are now in tune with. You can connect to the God of heaven. When you read the word of God, the spirit of God speaks to your heart. When you're sitting in a church service and the songs are being sung about the old rugged cross and the salvation that we have in Christ, there's something in your spirit that ministers, connects to the words that you're saying because you've experienced them. There are many people sitting in churches today. They know the verses. They know the songs. They know the, they know the gospel, but they have not experienced the new birth. And yet, listen, you can be in church all your life, but until you're in Christ, you're going to the same hell that any sinner else is going to. Amen? Nicodemus was a good man. He was religious. He was an upstanding citizen. He was a leader, but his spirit was dead. And look back in John chapter 3, Jesus says to him, except a man be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. The new birth grants one uh, the ability to see the kingdom of God. You say, what does that mean? What is the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God, the Bible says, is within you. The kingdom of God is not observed with these eyes. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but peace and joy and love in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. And until you're born again, you cannot see that kingdom. The world says, I'll, I'll, when I see it, I'll believe it. Right? When I see it, I'll believe it. God says, if you'll believe it, you'll see it. 
Until you're born again, you don't see that kingdom of God. You don't understand what the kingdom of God's all about. Jesus is stressing to him the importance of the new birth. So you cannot see the kingdom of God. You can't see the kingdom of God as a natural man. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, talks about how the natural man cannot perceive the things of the Spirit of God because they are spiritually discerned. You cannot understand spiritual truth until your spirit has been made alive. And your spirit cannot be made alive through any work of your own. The spirit is made alive when you are born again by the Spirit of God. The kingdom of God is spiritual, not physical. The kingdom of God is scriptural, not scientific. And you'll never be able to see the kingdom of God until you are born again. Jesus goes on to say back in John chapter 3 and verse 5, He says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You can't see the kingdom of God. You cannot enter into the kingdom of God until you are born again. Now, he makes a statement in verse 5 that we just read that has been misunderstood a great deal. Many, uh, much false doctrine has come out of this verse. He says, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Many have taught that this, this teaches that in order to be born again, you have to be baptized. Now listen, I am a Baptist. I believe in water baptism. I believe you ought to be baptized. But we're baptized after we're, we're saved, not to be saved. You say, well, what about this? It talks about being born of the water and of the Spirit. And many have taught that this means you have to be baptized in order to be born again. But Jesus explains it very clearly in verse number 6. He says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. In verse 5, he talks about two births. A birth of water and a birth of the Spirit. In verse 6, he explains it. That birth of water is a birth of the flesh. You mothers know exactly what I'm talking about. Amen? When that baby is born, that baby is born in water. Out of water. It's a water birth. It's a fleshly birth. And Jesus is saying, listen, you've got to be born the first time before you can be born the second time. Right? So if you're trusting your baptism to get you into heaven... You're not going to heaven. You've got to place your faith and trust in that spiritual birth that Jesus Christ can give you. Baptism doesn't give you a new birth. You need this new birth. You need that spiritual birth as well as a physical birth. Nicodemus, very religious, very educated, but all his education and all of his religion could not take the place of the new birth. All of his commitment 
could not take the place of his need for a new birth. Cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot enter into the kingdom of God without being born again. He makes the statement regarding being born of the Spirit. And in verse number 8, he says, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Now listen, this is very important. This is very important. The Lord is giving us a picture to help us understand the new birth. He says, the wind bloweth where it listeth. You know what that means? You don't control the wind. I don't control the wind. I like to. This week, we would like to make sure the wind does not lift up the tent and carry it into the next county. Amen? Amen. But as much as we would like to, to, to control that, we do not control that. We have no control over that. The wind bloweth where it listeth. And you hear the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. In other words, you can't control it. You don't even know where it's coming from, and you don't even know where it's going. What's he saying? He's just pointing out that we have no control over the wind. And then he says this, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Well, that's interesting. What does that mean? Well, throughout the Word of God, wind is a type of the Holy Spirit. Remember when they were in that upper room on the day of Pentecost. And the Bible says that they were with, with one accord in one place. It's amazing. I don't know if they're Baptists or not. In one accord, one place, they are all praying. And while they were praying, God, God, the Bible says the sound of a rushing mighty wind filled that place and there appeared on their heads cloven tongues of fire and they began preaching the gospel in many different languages. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. We, uh, we call them languages. The Bible calls them tongues. And as they were, as they, were uh, they, they went from being scared in that upper room. They were hiding in that upper room. Did you know that? They were hiding in that upper room for fear of the Jews. They went from that to being bold proclaimers of the gospel of Christ. Why? What was the difference? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God filled them. The Spirit of God used them. The Spirit of God drove them. It blew them wherever it listed. Right? Here's the example that we're given in Scripture. And notice what he says at the end of verse 8. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Everyone that is born of the Spirit. What does that mean? Everyone who is born again. Maybe you're sitting here tonight and say, well, I don't know if I'm born again or not. I, I've heard the gospel. I've prayed a prayer. I don't know if I'm born again or not. Everyone that is born of the Spirit is affected by the Spirit. Now, to a greater or lesser degree, that's up to you. That's depending upon your, your yieldedness to the Spirit of God. There are a lot of different things in this world. The wind moves everything, though. Some things are harder to move. Amen? 
based on their resistance, other things are much easier to move. But everything is affected by the wind. And everyone who is born of God is affected by the Spirit of God. Everyone. Well, I'm saved preacher, but I just, I, I, don't, I don't really have any desire for the Bible. I don't have any desire for church. I, I don't, I never, God never speaks to me. I never hear his voice. I never feel a longing to be with the people of God. I, I don't have any kinship with the church. There's something wrong. You're missing something. I believe if you be honest tonight, you'd have to admit you're missing the new birth. Because everyone that is born of the Spirit is affected by the Spirit. I remember growing up in church. I remember being in services. And uh, some services were different. Every service is different. But some were special. You'd be in a church service and you could just tell something different about this church service. There'd be people weeping. There'd be people shouting that the altars would be filled, people getting saved. And I could see the effects of the Spirit. But there was no effect on me. I witnessed the Spirit of God working in other people's lives, but there's nothing in here. I knew the songs they were singing, I knew the scripture they were preaching. I knew the gospel. I've known the gospel all my life. Come on, I was raised in church. My dad's a preacher. I always knew the gospel. Jesus died on the cross. I was taught that since I was a baby. I never had reason to doubt that. I never did doubt that. I've always believed Jesus died on the cross. That doesn't mean I've always been saved. I've always believed Jesus rose again the third day. Had no reason to doubt. I've always been taught that. That doesn't mean I was saved. It's one thing to know about the gospel. It's another thing to receive the gospel. And when you receive the gospel, you're not receiving a plan. You're receiving a person. Look at John chapter 1, just a few pages over. Look what the scripture says. John chapter 1. We read in verse 9, that was the true light, capital L, that's speaking of Jesus, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, received him, Salvation is receiving Christ. It's not receiving a plan. It's not receiving church membership. It's not receiving a baptism. It's not receiving a Bible. It's receiving Jesus Christ. As many as received Him. Watch what the Bible says. To them gave He what? Power. Power. I don't believe in any salvation that does not empower you. Are you doubting my salvation? I, I don't really, it really doesn't matter whether I think you're saved or not. That doesn't make any difference at all. But I will tell you this.
Don't expect me to believe your conversion when I see no power. Amen. I remember when I was pastoring, we had a lady in the church and she got out of sorts, got out of church. My wife and I went to go visit her. And I started with her where I start with everyone. I don't care whether you're in the church or out of the church. If, if, if there's something going on in your life, you start at square one. If, we, if we're going to figure this out, we're going to get some help, we've got to start where, where you're supposed to start. Start at the beginning. So we sat down. We had prayer. I said, I called her name. I said, are you saved? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. You'd have thought I asked her if she was a mass murderer. How dare you? How dare you? What, you don't think I'm saved? And brother, she hit the fan. And I said, you know what? I just, simple question. Doesn't matter whether I think you're saved or not. Are you saved? Are you born again? Have you been made new? Have you been made a new creature in Christ Jesus? Have old things passed away? Have all things become new? Are you born again? As many as received him to them, gave he power, what? To become the sons of God. The sons of... Can you believe that we could be called the sons of God? I know me. I know me better than you know me. And I'm not impressed much with me. Sometimes I get depressed with me. That I could be called the son of God? How is that possible? It's only possible through the new birth. I could never become the son of God by being better, by doing good, by being kind, by trying to follow the Bible. Nicodemus was trying to do all of these things, but his best was not good enough because it lacked divine power. You and I are natural. The supernatural is beyond us. We can't do the supernatural. We can't make ourselves be born again. We, we, just as we couldn't bring ourselves into this world, we can't bring ourselves into the kingdom of God. You need a new birth, and that's a supernatural thing that God does. Well, how do I receive this power? How do I receive Jesus? The scripture tells us, even to them that believe on his name. Even to them that believe on his name. What is the name of Jesus? Well, the name Jesus means Savior. Did you know that? In James, or, uh, 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 Matthew chapter 1 says this, when Jesus speaking to Joseph, he said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people 
from their sins. The name Jesus means Savior. You know what you need to do? You need to believe on the name of Jesus. I love how he says this. Believe on. We, so many of our words have lost some of their teeth. They've lost a lot of meaning because we've watered them down. Now we use the word believe in the sense that it might be true, it may not be true. Well, I believe this to be true. But that's not the Bible word believe. The Bible word believe is to trust. And there's a great deal of difference between wondering about something and trusting something. I believe, in the modern sense of the word, that a parachute would get me from a plane to the ground safely. But I'm not quite willing to trust it. And you can have a head knowledge of Jesus Christ. We know that he's the Savior. We know that he died on the cross. He rose again. We know that if we call upon him, he'll save us. We can know all of those things without trusting him. That's the position I was in. I knew all of those things. I had led people to the Lord and wasn't saved myself. You can have all that head knowledge, but until you experience it. How do I experience it? Trust. What does it mean to trust Christ as your Savior? It means to realize you're a sinner, that you cannot save yourself, that the only hope for heaven, eternal life, forgiveness of sins, peace and joy, the only hope for all of that is found in Jesus. And when you trust Christ, you're saying, Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose again the third day so that I could be forgiven, so that my sins could be washed away, so that I could have eternal life, so that I could be right with God. And now, Lord, I am trusting what you did on the cross of Calvary in the empty tomb. I'm trusting what you did. Not what I can do, but what you did. I'm turning from myself. I'm turning from my sin. I'm turning from whatever I was trusting before. And I am trusting you and you alone. And the Bible says, for whosoever, young, old, rich, poor, black, white, doesn't matter, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God's guarantee. If you call upon him. I, we had a lady in our church. She was a great lady. She was a tremendous lady. and uh, But she struggled with doubting her salvation. I remember she, she came to us often, talked to us. She talked to us. Uh, one, one time we were talking, she said, Preacher, I know that I just need to, I just, just need to trust him. And the Bible says to call upon him and I'll be saved, but I just don't know if I had enough faith. Have you ever thought those things? I did. Did I have enough faith when I trusted God? What, did I have enough? And the Spirit of God just spoke to me in that moment, and I told her, listen, sister, if you had enough faith to call, you had enough faith to be saved. Because the Bible says, whosoever shall call. 
It's as simple as calling out to him. Jesus said, I am the door. It's as simple as walking through the door. By me, if any man enter in by me, he shall be saved. God made it so simple that even a child can understand how to be saved. And yet we make it so hard because we want to do it ourselves. We want, to, we want to do something to impress God. There's nothing that we can do to impress a holy God. But what pleases Him? Now without faith it is impossible to please God. You know what He wants? He wants you to place your faith in Him. Your trust in Him. And when you do that, he'll reward you with a new birth. You'll be born again. Born again. Now here's the question tonight. Are you born again? Have you been born again? Have you been born again? Each and every one of you individually has to be born again. You can't do it as a family. As much as I want all my children to be saved, I can't do it for them. They have to come to him in faith. Each and every one has to come to Christ in faith to experience the new birth. What's new about you? Have you been born again? Does the Spirit of God live within you? Does he witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. Jesus said, Verily, verily, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Good person, so was Nicodemus. Good intentions, so, so did Nicodemus have. But he needed to be born again. Maybe here tonight, you've never been born again. I talk about that spiritual life. There's something that just goes blank in your heart, in your mind. You know you're missing something. That something is a someone. And his name is Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for the truth of your word. We're thankful for the message of the gospel. We know that it's powerful. Lord, and therefore we're not ashamed of it. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Lord, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you receive sinful men. Otherwise, I'd never been saved. If you didn't receive sinful ones, none of us would be born again. But Lord, I'm thankful that you're willing through the precious sacrifice of your son, the Lord Jesus, to receive any and all who call upon you. And Father, I pray there's one or more here tonight who have never received Jesus Christ as their own personal Lord and Savior. God, I pray that you would speak to their heart. God, draw them by your Spirit. Help them to understand that there is a life beyond anything they ever could have imagined. 
new life in Christ, abundant and free. That those old things that they've been struggling with, they just can't seem to get rid of, get past those sins. Seems like they're powerless against. That Lord, through the new birth, they'll have power to do battle against those things, to get victories, to live a life that's pleasing to you, all made possible by the new birth. Lord, I pray even now that folks get honest with you. I pray that each one of us would examine ourselves. You tell us to do so in your word. Examine ourselves, see whether we're in the faith. God, I pray that we'd be honest before you now in these moments. In Jesus' name I pray. No one looking around? We're going to have a time of invitation. That is a time for you to respond to what you've heard.